marketing etc takes you into topics and trends in business with a marketing view lens. Join your host Tokbe Ayedu, a multicultural and multi-industry marketing and business leader as he dives into his vast and diverse network to go into conversation with thought leaders and experts in business and marketing. Listen to Marketing Etc. on your favorite podcast platform and watch on YouTube. It was the management guru, Peter Drucker, who said marketing encompasses the entire business. It is the whole business seen from the point of view of its final result, that is, from the customer's point of view. This is the philosophy I subscribe to. Today on Marketing Etc. On the last episode of Marketing Etc., I started a conversation about the beauty industry with my guest, Janet Milner Walker, founder and director of Bespoke Advantage. We continued the conversation on sustainability, innovation, and the rise of the independent beauty brands on this episode. Yeah, so um, I, I know I know I, I interjected your, your trade, uh, but but if I could if I could bring another thing which is related to mm-hmm. this is the question of um, uh, yeah you did say that one area of sustainability and mm-hmm. environment consciousness and responsibility mm-hmm. is related to to packaging. You, mm-hmm. you mentioned 120 billion units of plastic. Yeah. you know yeah. So we know that's one side. And then the other side is the uh, the ingredients that you definitely cannot mm-hmm. recycle. Are we seeing the industry, you know, of, and players in the industry trying to use less of these uh, mm-hmm. unrecyclable ingredients mm-hmm. because there's something you're, they are going to end up in, you know, in the water, or, you, you know, yes, your, yeah, your makeup, your wipe, you know, with mm-hmm. the wipes and all of that, mm-hmm. you know. You know you, they can do nothing about that. Are we seeing a trend where less of these are being used? Yes, absolutely. So there's things like glitter in cosmetics, um, which we obviously, and yeah, there are macro, macro beads and um, obviously your facial washes that we're doing away with. Uh, things like, um, as we all know, facial wipes. So that, that all of these um, different areas and also some of the ingredients that we use um, in shampoos and in conditioners and in body, lotion, uh, body washes, um, so removing some of those that we don't need. So this is more about, this is actually the trend called clean beauty, where we look across mm-hmm. the beauty industry and start eliminating this. Um, and retailers themselves have taken a stand in this. So when they're looking at the brands that they're introducing into their stores, they want to look for brands that are doing their utmost to support this as well. So to ensure that they're not introducing the, these ingredients and that they're also not introducing products, developing products that can't be um, that are not sustainable and that can't be recycled. So it, it hasn't just affected the packaging. It's, as you say, Topi, it's affected the ingredients themselves. And the other thing we've also looked at in terms of formulations and ingredients is waterless form- formulations. Because of the amount of water we use to be able to develop a lot of these formulations, we have, a, a new trend has emerged, which is all about waterless foundations. So reducing the amount of water we use to be able to produce products. Okay. Now there's there's a little bit of controversy here uh, that that I want to I want to bring up. So I I I I'll, I'll read this quote 
and then I'll tell you who said who said that, and then okay. want want to hear your view of that. If the entire industry switched to organic and natural materials, it will be a problem for the health and for food sources. Now, this was said by Alessandra Keith, the mm -hmm. CEO of Procter Gamble Beauty. Well, I guess so. Um, if you elaborate more on that, because I'm sure there was more behind that comment that he shared. Yeah. So, but so basically, what 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 he was trying to say, and where you know where mm. they, you're pushing this conversation, because you know I don't want to cause anyone out of context. Where yeah. pushing this conversation is that look, uh, if bigger companies, the major brands, all have to, uh, they have to be sustainable. But that mm. if they have to go more for the uh, the kind of sustainability we're talking mm. about. Uh, because of the scale of their production, mm -hmm. it, it felt, you, you know, other sectors could be affected because mm -hmm. if they have to push the farmers to all, only do this stuff for the mm -hmm. beauty industry, mm -hmm. uh, which you have also now added wellness entirely. If we have to push farmers to always to only do this one, it's going to have effect on the, the amount of uh, food crops Mm -hmm. It will also be growing. So yeah. it, it kind of, I mean, this, this concept was kind of saying that um, it's going to be more on mm -hmm. the, which is where we're going next after mm -hmm. the, it's going to be more on the the smaller player, the SME, mm -hmm. the specialist startup, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. who will not have a global scales, mm -hmm. but, you know, can come in like a niche player and they will be the one to really drive this. So it, it's a way of why I said it's a bit controversial, and this is my own opinion mm -hmm. generally. Uh, why I said it's a bit controversial is, is, is it a fact that, or is it a case that the bigger mm -hmm. players are trying to say, look, we produce at scale. We really, really can be 100%, you know, clean, natural, sustainable, and we would depend on those who are coming, you know, at niche level to, to do more of that. I, I just throw that out to you. So, so uh, th I've heard this before, and it doesn't just apply to the beauty industry, it also applies to the food industry, because when you look at food, uh, if everything was organic, um, because of the, the amount of land that we have available um, to farm, it, it wouldn't be sustainable. Um, so, I think it's difficult, because this is a growing industry, as we've already mentioned, So, and it will continue to grow at a scale. And whilst you have all the big multinational companies who are producing volumes, you've also got smaller indie beauty brands who are becoming more and more powerful as well. And some of those indie beauty brands uh, over the past few years have uh, you know, grown at a rapid pace as well. So you've got brands like Drunk Elephant, um, which was recently bought up by Shiseido, but that's a you know that's a that's a huge brand that has grown very quickly. So I think what's also what we also seeing in the beauty industry is the use of less ingredients. So that's the other thing. Um, so and also looking at how we farm land differently. Um, so that's something else that we're looking at. Um, so it's a balance between beauty, because there is actually a, a, more of a finer line between beauty and food as well, because we're using a lot of the ingredients that are used in the food industry, in the beauty industry. Um, and so it, it is, I think it's a challenge that we're going to have to see how we overcome this challenge, because if we do want more natural organic ingredients, the way in which it's farmed means we're going to be using more farmland as well. That's correct. Yeah. All right. Okay, I'll, I'll leave it then. I'll leave, you know, uh, because, you know, obviously, you know, um, 
we cannot, you know, overemphasize the, you know, the the importance of sustainability in any business practice today, mm. you know, and and the fact that you know uh, the whole industries and the key players are all gearing towards making this happen. We won't get there today. We won't get there tomorrow, but we'll get there at some point, you know. And mm. the fact that they are leading this uh, makes it all quite interesting. Uh, you know, there's hope that you know, mm. uh, yeah. So, but. Let's talk about something else. Um, innovation mm-hmm. and entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. uh, which is definitely this. These are two topics that are very dear to my heart. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I do believe that you know larger organization, the multinationals, can be entrepreneurial. Uh, whether you want to call it entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a way of innovating and and all of that, if we look at the beauty industry uh, today, mm-hmm. what's your opinion as far as innovation is concerned? Mm-hmm. Will you say it's been driven more by the emergence of entrepreneurs, you know, SMEs, you know, niche players, mm-hmm. or more of entrepreneurship? You know, happening in the larger, you know, uh, organization. How how do you? Who's doing more, basically, in terms of driving innovation uh, uh, in in that industry? Interesting question to ask. So, first of all, with entrepreneurship, it's um, I think it's it's very important for these big multinational companies to encourage that within their own organization. Um, there are. And I think this is going to become more and more of something we see in the future. So there are a lot of people starting up their own business um, as an independent SME or indie beauty brand. But equally, there are people who are part of a large organization who might want to start up their own business, but for some reason don't, but would like to be part of a bigger business that is seen to be um, bringing forward innovation. and to be part of that team that brings forward the innovation. So in the beauty industry, there are companies like L'Oreal and Estee Lauder who are encouraging this within their own organizations. There are also, what they're also doing, a lot of these bigger companies, is they have um, incubators or they have accelerator hubs within their organization um, to encourage, some of them to encourage people within their organization who want to bring forward their own ideas, but also to encourage people who are not part of the organization to provide them with the guidance and the um, network and the skill sets that they might be lacking as a small indie beauty brand to to really scale up their business. So there's that side of it. Then there are the uh, the indie beauty brands themselves who are going out there and driving innovation. And I think, so, so there's different elements to this. So there's the entrepreneurship as the indie beauty brand, but there's the entrepreneurship as, as of what they're doing within the organization, but also what they're doing together with these indie beauty brands to drive innovation. So it's difficult to say who's driving the most innovation. Um, because they're going about it in different ways. But I think they're both probably equally strong um, in terms of how they're going about it. So, I mean, if we look at the, the last five, ten years and, you know, the, the because there are two, you, 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 uh, at the beginning, you, 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 you mentioned the, f- the fact that, you know, trends and evolution is being driven mm. more by, by consumerism, which is mm. fantastic. Uh, and the fact that, you know, uh, the players are much more responding, you know, mm. and leading the consumer 
uh, is, is, is also, you know, they anticipate and then they respond rather than try mm. to give product that, you mm. know, consumers are not going to use or, you mm. know, just something coming out of the lab, you know, so which, mm. you know, but if we think of that and, 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 and look at the, the numbers of the sheer number mm. of, uh, you know, uh, independent brand mm. that's also been coming into the market and mm. from your own experience mm. as a consultant as well, you know, I tend to want to mm. say that the independents are doing a bit more because, you know, I, you know, done and again, because they are coming in from a niche perspective most times. So, yeah, there's two sides, as I say, um, there's two sides. So there's the big multinationals and all the innovation they're driving as a company themselves. But then it's also the support that they're giving to these indie beauty brands, which they're doing jointly. So um, you've obviously got L'Oreal's got their own accelerator hub. Um, you've got Sephora that have an accelerator hub. Um, you've got a, a number of these big companies, um, all of whom are now starting up some form of accelerator hub. So they, uh, when I look at that, I think, although the idea comes from the indie beauty brand, the end result comes from the two merging together and driving the success of those indie beauty brands. But yes, the scale of indie beauty brands that have emerged over the last few years has been phenomenal, um, as we've spoken about earlier. So that in, in some ways, perhaps they are the ones driving this, but they also, a lot of their success is coming by working together with industry, I think, as well. And, 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 and in your own opinion, as, you know, as, as an expert in the industry, <laughs> you know, we're, um, how do you think um, innovation should be driven? Well, well, actually, you know what's changed as well, Topi, with innovation? Because I've always, as you know, worked for big companies. Um, so when we did innovation, it was done um, working as a large organization and going through a very detailed process and working together with the supplier base. Uh, what's interesting, and this is what I said earlier, is how the power has shifted from, uh, from you know, these big companies to consumers, so from brands to consumers. Mm -hmm. So the innovation that is coming through from indie beauty brands, if, when done in the right way, is they are turning to consumers to drive the innovation, which is exactly how it should be, because uh, what we need to understand is what people want and need, and then we need to give it to them in a way that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So um, what a lot of these people are doing is building up communities through social media and then using those communities to feed into the product development process so that those consumers are essentially becoming part of your whole innovation process and also that builds the strength of your relationships with the community as well because they are then happy to innovate with you so they are becoming part of that whole process and feel like they have a say and a voice in the matter yeah. that, that's, so that's, that's the change that I think we're seeing now yeah, that's uh, that's that's an interesting one because you know uh, uh, a few years ago, just a little bit of digression. A few years ago, probably ten years ago, thereabout, you know, not not, not that few years, uh, we saw the emergence of fast fashion, mm -hmm. uh, which which necessarily means that you know the whole supply chain is sort yeah. of um, uh, short circuited in in some way. So mm -hmm. that you know what you're seeing on the the fashion runway in Paris today can mm -hmm. be in you know on the retail on the high streets in in, mm -hmm. in a few months. You know, uh, are we seeing that in 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 the beauty industry as well? So time to market. You know, from 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 uh, uh, idea origination or concept mm -hmm. to the shelf. 
So traditionally in the beauty industry, when you're developing something like a skincare brand, depending on how technical it is, it would take about 12 months from start to finish, from concept to shelf. Um, and that's working in a large organization. With these indie beauty brands, some of the things that have changed um, are the, the fact that some of these people, indie beauty brands, are actually manufacturing their products from their homes in their kitchen. So that's a small, really small indie beauty brands. Some of them are then going to contract manufacturers as well and using contract manufacturers. There are certain things that you can't speed up in the process. Um, so you have got your testing you need to do, safety testing, compatibility, um, stability testing you need to do. But the, the marketing itself, which has also traditionally been quite a long process to plan out in terms of campaigns, can be shortened. So from concept to shelf, you, some of these brands are turning that whole process around more quickly. Mm. And that's also due to social media. So the, the product development side is one side, the marketing side is the other, because they're then going out directly to their uh, Instagram channels, their YouTube channels to launch the brand rather than having to do a big photo shoot um, or TV campaign or things like that. So yes, the innovation process has shortened and become quicker as a result of that. Thank you. It's a wrap on this edition of Marketing Etc. Remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and on YouTube to be notified of new editions as they come on.